Merry Christmas. Welcome to you. Glad you're here this morning. Let's open up our Bibles this morning, Matthew chapter 4. And I want to start this off with something I mentioned last week. We looked at this verse last week. Matthew chapter 4, verse 15, it says, Land of Zebulon and land of Naphtali along the sea road by the Jordan, the Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who live in darkness have seen a great light. And for those living in the shadow land of death, light has dawned. And then it says in verse 17, from then on, Jesus began to preach, repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come near. We talked about this a little bit last week, that the light has come. Isn't that good? Amen. The light's come. We're no longer in the dark. We're in the light. Amen. And then it says, Jesus began to preach, the kingdom of heaven has come near. The kingdom of heaven has come near. In fact, he doesn't really change his message throughout the Gospels. It's still the kingdom of heaven. All throughout the Gospels, he's talking about the kingdom of heaven. All throughout the book of Acts, he's, they're talking, the, the apostles now are talking about the kingdom of heaven. In fact, if you read the last verse, the last couple verses of the book of Acts, it says that Paul tells everybody that while he's in prison, he's preaching every, to everybody who comes near him about the kingdom of heaven. It's an important subject, the kingdom of heaven. But I want to talk about this this morning from a, from a standpoint of Christmas, from a place about, about Christmas and that the fact that you have, listen, when you have Jesus, you have a hope and a future. When you have Jesus, you have hope for a future. And that Jesus went preaching the kingdom of heaven We've got hope and a future for the kingdom of heaven, but we also live in the kingdom of heaven now. And I'm going to talk about this to you just a little bit. And, um, you know, the, there's, there's good news for us today. There's good news for us today because we are a part of the kingdom of heaven. I read this, I read this story about uh, a little town. It was in Austria a long time ago. They were facing a kind of a dilemma, kind of a hopeless situation. And it was during the, the reign of Napoleon. And Napoleon had marched his troops up to this little town. He was taken over Europe, and he came up to this little town on the border of Austria. And these people were depressed. They were hopeless. They were facing this huge army, and they, they were just a small little village, a little town. They, didn't, they couldn't do anything to stop this enormous army. And they, they all gathered in the church that, that morning as the army was on the outskirts of the town, and they were depressed, and they were sad, and they didn't know what to do, and they looked at each other defeated, and they said, they, they were talking about how they should go about their surrender, if they should raise the white flags in different places and, and let the enemy know they surrender because they could not defeat them. And it happened to be that Sunday, it was Easter Sunday, and they had gathered in the church, and the pastor, the pastor was stirred in his spirit to get up, and he said this to him, he said, friends, we've been counting on our own strength, and apparently that has failed. As this is the day of our Lord's resurrection, let us just ring the bells and have our service as usual. And let's leave the matter in his hands. And then he made this statement. He says, we know only our weakness and not the power of God to defend us. And so they all, they all thought that was a good idea. They began to ring the bells of the church to let everyone know it was time to come to service. And the army on the outskirts of town, that, that vicious army that was ready to invade and destroy and, and, and 
and kill everyone in the village, heard the bells. And they assumed that meant the Austrian army had come in the middle of the night and they broke camp and left, scared to death of what was going to happen to them. Listen, sometimes you might be facing a situation that seems hopeless. Sometimes you might be looking at something in your life and it, and it looks like there's no hope. It looks hopeless. But listen, situations are temporary. What the things you're facing, the things you're going through in this life are temporary, but God is eternal. He doesn't change. And the things that look hopeless to you, listen, nothing is impossible for him. And so Jesus came and he began to preach hope. He began to preach the kingdom of heaven has come near you. And so now there's hope. But listen, we got to start thinking like he thinks about this. And I think the best thing you can do in a situation that feels hopeless is get to worshiping. As they rang those bells, it was an act, it was an act of worship. We're going to worship. When you can worship in the middle of a situation, you know what that tells the enemy? I'm not looking at my situation. I'm not looking at the thing that you're putting in front of me. You know what I'm looking at? I'm looking at him. And when the enemy knows that you know that he's already lost, Listen, he's going to come at you one way, but he's going to flee seven ways because he's, he can't stand against you. There's nothing he can do except for to try to get you into fear and try to get you into doubt and try to get you into worry. But you got to start learning how to believe this word, how to resist the devil and he'll flee from you. See, let, let me say this. Hope, I want to talk about hope this morning. Is that okay? I want to talk about hope. And listen, hope lets you, it lets you Act like you've already won. When you're in the middle of something, hope lets you act like you've already won because you're not looking at the thing in front of you. You're looking at something farther off. You're looking at something else. You're looking at, you're looking at your victory. In the middle of your situation, you're already seeing it. So listen, hope lets you act like the devil's already defeated. Hope lets you talk like the devil's already defeated and you've already won. I heard somebody say this this week, and I thought it was so good. He said, he said, the lion in Africa is not the strongest animal. Did you know that? There's other animals in Africa much stronger than the lion. Look at the, the hippopotamus. Huge, strong, much stronger than a lion. The lion is not the fastest animal. You look at a cheetah, much faster than a lion. The lion is not the biggest animal in Africa. The elephant's much bigger than the lion. But when the lion roars, every one of those animals will get out of his way. Do you know why? The lion thinks he's the biggest. The lion thinks he's the strongest. And he thinks he's the fastest. Listen, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You start thinking about yourself the way this word says you are, and you'll start acting like the word says you are. You stop getting your eyes on what you're going through. You stop getting your eyes on your weakness. You stop getting your eyes on all the, the situations you're facing and get your eyes on him and you'll start acting like you're a winner. You've been set free. You're not in the dark. You are in the light. Start acting like it. Let me go here. Let's go to Colossians chapter one. If you can throw that up on the screen. Colossians chapter one and verse 13 it says this, 
It says, he's rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the son he loves. We have redemption, the forgiveness of sins in him. I gave you the, the passion translation. Look at what it says there for in, uh-huh. He's rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness, and he has translated us into the kingdom of the realm of his beloved son. See, one time you were in darkness. One time you, you and, I, and I like the way he describes that, is, is this rule, this tyrannical rule of darkness. Because don't just think like, oh, okay, I was in a dark room and now the light came on. You were ruled by darkness. You were ruled by the enemy. You were controlled by the enemy, but God sent Jesus to give you a hope and a future. He sent Jesus, and it says he took you out of darkness, and he translated you. He transferred you into the kingdom of his son. It says he's rescued us completely from that rule. Verse 14 says, for in the son, all of our sins are canceled, and we have the release, the redemption, through his very blood. Listen, you've got, I think that verse said, you have an inheritance, He talks about that earlier in that passage. You've got an inheritance. You've been taken out of the darkness and you've been placed into the light and not just in the light, you've been placed into the kingdom. Did you catch that? You're not in the kingdom, well, it's not a kingdom. You're not in the domain of darkness anymore. You're in the kingdom of his son that he loves. Where are you? That's where you are. That's where you live right now. You're in the kingdom. See, listen, I want to talk to you about hope in a future. I want to talk to you. Do you remember the, the Christmas story? I, I love the, the Christmas carol with Ebenezer Scrooge. You remember that story? And you remember the different ghosts come to him and begin to show him, first of all, his past. And he began to show him what his, all the mistakes he's made in his life. They began to show him all the the times he messed up and where his life began to go the wrong way. Isn't that just like the devil? He wants to do that to you too. He wants to show you all the way your life is a mess. You messed up this and you said that. And remember when you did this and he likes to remind you of where your life went wrong. But listen, I want you to know something. You were in darkness. Dark Darkness makes you... Do stupid things. You ever try to walk around in a dark room? And I think sometimes I get up and I'm in, it's the middle of the night, I wanna get a drink of water. And I, get, and I think I know where things are because it's my house and I live there, but I have kids. And they leave stuff all over the place. And you step on those things and you bump into something and you, you stumble around. And if I would just turn on the light, it wouldn't be a problem, but I don't want to. So I stumble around. When you're in the dark, you're gonna stumble around. But listen, you're not in the dark anymore. The devil wants to remind you when you were in the dark. But listen, that man died. That man's dead. Listen, Paul had some stuff in his life, in his past, didn't he? The apostle Paul, he used to go around from town to town dragging people out of church and trying to make them blaspheme. And then he would, he would torture them. And then he would stone them to death if they didn't re, uh, curse the name of Jesus. That's a pretty bad dude. We would look at that guy and be like, that that guy's got a past. I bet he lays awake at night remembering what he did. But you know what he said at the end of his life? He said, I've wronged no man. How could he say that? Doesn't he remember he wronged a bunch of people? No, he can say that because that man died. Your old man is dead. Put up there Galatians 
chapter, I forget what chapter, chapter two. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. But it's Christ that lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself. You were crucified with Christ. So when the devil wants to bring up your Christmas past, you just say, no, thank you, devil. That man died. Amen. I've got a hope and a future. I'm not looking at my past. So listen, when Jesus came, here's what I want you to catch this morning. When Jesus came, he redeemed your past. He gave you a present in the kingdom of God, and he's given you hope and a future. Isn't that awesome? When Jesus came, he sets you free from your past. And I want you to see your present this morning, where you are, where you live. See, you're a new man. You're living the abundant life. He doesn't say you'll be out of darkness one day when you get to heaven. He says you're out of there now. You're in the kingdom of God now. I've, I've heard this debate for a long time. Some people don't think you're really in the kingdom. They think it's just talking about heaven. But I want to show you, I can prove to you right now, you're in the kingdom of God right now. I want you to look at Matthew chapter 13. And Jesus tells several different parables about the kingdom of heaven. Yes, the kingdom of heaven talks about heaven. The kingdom of God is referring to heaven, but not only heaven, you're there now. Look what he says. And this is important because if you don't catch this, you'll always be floundering thinking, I'm just in the dark. I'm just an old sinner. I'm just, I'm not good enough. I'm just trying to figure things out. No, you're not. You're in the kingdom of God. Look what he says in Matthew 13. And in verse 24, he gives this parable of the wheat and the weeds. Wheat and the weeds, or the wheat and the tares, I think it's in the King James. And he says, in verse 24, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good, good seed in his field. But people, while they were sleeping, the enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat. And then he left. The plants came up, and here's the wheat growing with the weeds. And they said, what should we do? He says, well, just wait, and at harvest time, we'll cut it all down and sort them out. And so listen to how he explains this. In verse, in verse 41 well, verse 36, they said, explain the, the parable to us. And here's what he says. The enemy who sowed the weeds, in verse 39, is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age. Therefore, just as the weeds are gathered and burned in the fire, so will it be the end of the age. Now listen, verse 41. The son of man will send out his angels. They will gather from his kingdom everything that causes sin and those guilty of lawlessness. Where is he getting all these things from? His kingdom. They're both growing in his kingdom. Do you understand this? See, when Jesus came to earth, he established a kingdom. It says the government's gonna be on his shoulders. He established his kingdom on this earth. Do you remember the, the vision that Daniel, or the, um, Daniel interpreted for the king? The king saw this statue and he saw a rock that came and hit the statue and the rock began to grow and fill the whole earth. And he was referring to Messiah. When Jesus came, he came down to this earth and he established his kingdom and it's increasing. And you are in it right now. This is good news. I'm getting, here. I'm getting somewhere. Go to Isaiah chapter nine and look at verses six and seven. Can you put that up there for me? For, you know this scripture. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, 
and the government shall be upon his what? Shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I mentioned that last week too. Go back a second. So the government's gonna be where? On his shoulder. Listen, you're the body of Christ, correct? Jesus is the head and you are the body. Where is the, bo- where is the, the shoulders located? That's part of the body. So when Jesus came, he established his kingdom on this earth. And then he put it on his shoulders. He left. He's coming back, but he left his spirit and he left his church. The church is the governing body of Jesus Christ. You know what a governing body is for? A governing body can do the same things that the, that the official can do. So he left the, he left the body in charge of the kingdom. He puts, you, he puts you in charge of the kingdom on this earth. You're supposed to be doing some things. That's, that's your present. That's where you live in the kingdom of God. Keep going, we'll go to the next verse. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Now listen, it doesn't say of the increase of, in his, uh, of his government and peace, well, it'll pause for a while while he leaves the earth, and then it'll increase. No, there's going no, to be no end. It's going to increase. His government is increasing. What is government? What's that word mean? Because we don't like the word government, because we don't like the government much. They, do, they interfere with stuff. They tell us what to do, and they put, make all these crazy laws and, st- and things. But listen, the government can be defined as this, the exercise of authority. Ah, are you catching this now? Come on, are you awake Listen, this is good. The exercise of authority. The government's job is to exercise authority. So what's your job on this earth? You need to be exercising his authority in the things that you're facing, the situations you're facing. When you, the enemy comes against you, something happens in your life, exercise authority over that thing because you're part of his government. You've got authority over the devil. You've got authority over all the works of the enemy. He comes against you one way. Come on, he's supposed to be getting out of there seven ways because you're exercising your authority. Yes, and he says he's gonna establish his kingdom with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. That's from then until forever. Amen. That's where you live. That's your present. He gave you a present in the kingdom. I love that because he didn't come to this earth and say, listen, one day you all are getting to go to heaven. And what a day of rejoicing that will be. It, and it will be. But, it, he, but wait, there's more. It also gets to be good now on this earth. Because you're part of the kingdom of God now, you can live today like you're gonna live there. You can live now on this earth like you're gonna live there because he's set it up now. It should be no difference. When you walk, I think that's God's greatest plan, greatest goal for us is that as we transition from this life to the next life, it should be seamless because we're already living here like we're gonna live there. Whoa. You could be living here without sickness in your body like you're gonna live there without sickness in your body. You can be living here with the joy of the Lord in your heart, the same way you're gonna live there. Come on. But I think too many people are just, they've got in their heads, I'm supposed to be living under. 
I'm just supposed to be sliding by through this life. That's not how God intended you to live. Jesus redeemed your past and he gave you a present that's in the kingdom of God now. Amen. But wait, there's more. I don't know if you ever watched the infomercials, but wait, there's more. It's also, it also slices. It also, wait, it'll also dice. Wait, it's also, it's also a blender. It, but wait, there's more. But listen, when Jesus came, he redeemed your past. He gave you a present. But wait, there's more. He gave you a hope and a future. Amen. Amen. He gave you a hope and a future. Listen, I want to look at this for a second. Go to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. And I'm, I'm thinking about this story. If you, can, if you can find it, it's worth a watch. There's a, there's a guy, oh, help me, Lord, what's his name? Jesse Duplantis um, is a really awesome uh, evangelist. It's fun, he's fun to watch. But he tells this story about the time that he, he went to heaven. He says he had a, some kind of a, like Paul did, where he had an experience where he went to heaven. And the part that I'm thinking of right now, he says, he says when he got there, there was people that were running up to the tree of life. They were, they were, some of them could hardly walk, and they were getting to the tree of life, and they were taking the leaves, and they would just breathe the leaves. And as they began to breathe the leaves, they were able to, they were able to you know, continue on their, on their journey or whatever. And he said, he said, what's this all about? And he says, well, those are, those are people, they made it to heaven, but they, they just barely made it. They, this angel or something that was with them said, they, they just barely made it. He says, they weren't living the kind of life on the earth like they should have been living. And he says, those leaves are for the healing of the nations, it says in Revelation. So they take the leaves and they would begin to breathe and then, and then it would revive their spirits. He says, if they had been living the way they should have been living, they wouldn't have to do that. But because they, they just barely slipped by. Listen, God didn't intend for you to slide by. I'm not, I'm not, you know, telling you that that's gospel, that exactly is how things work, but that's what he saw. But listen, God did not intend for you to slide by this life. He intended for you to live in complete victory over everything. He intended you to learn how to live by getting into this word. And there's going to be some people that maybe won't preach some of this. I'm tell, I want to tell you the truth. And look at Romans chapter 15. Look at verse 12. He says this, and again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will appear, the one who rises to rule the Gentiles, and the Gentiles will do what? Will hope in him. The Gentiles will hope in him. And listen to verse 13. Now, may the God of hope, isn't that awesome? God's called the God of hope. He's the, he's the God of hope. I'm, I'm going to keep saying it until I get some kind of a reaction from you. Hey, if you're watching online today, will you just type amen? So that makes me feel better, okay? May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe in him so that you might overflow with hope. He wants you to not just have a little bit. He's the God of hope, and he wants you to overflow with hope. But I think we got to talk about what hope is. Because I think a lot of people use the word hope wrong. I hope I win the lottery. 
That's not, that's not hope. That's, that must be a different word we could use for that. I hope, well, I, you know, I, I hope I don't run out of gas. You ever been there? Driving down the road. I hope I can make it home. I think I can. I hope I can. That's not, that's not Bible hope. Bible hope, the word literally means an expectation of good. So it's an ex- hope is an expectation of good. You know, when my kids wake up Christmas morning, they don't wake up and say, I hope there's some presents under the tree. They get up and they say, let's go see what we got. They're expecting something good. That's hope. So God is the God of hope. We can expect good from him. Listen, if I expect something, I expect when I, when I go to a restaurant, they're going to they're gonna give me some food. There's no doubt in my mind, or I will not go back. I've been to the, I went to a restaurant. I won't name the restaurant. My wife likes this restaurant. I said, I'm never going back. Never going back. I went there, bought a sandwich, and it comes with a side. I said, well, where, where's the side? Oh, we're out of sides. Well, how can you be out of sides? It's a, is, there, is this a restaurant? Give me something. And you know what they did? They said, well, here. And they slapped a piece of white bread right out of the package on the side of my dish. And I said, you gotta be kidding me. I called that place to complain. They never called me back. I said, I'm not going back there again. I expected to be treated better than that. They took my money. <laughs> I, expect, I expect good. Listen, from God, you can expect he's not gonna be skimpy with you. He's not gonna skimp on the side, he's gonna give you everything you need. You can expect good from him. That's hope, he's the God of hope. Come on. So you remember old Scrooge? Well, he had a bad, he had a bad future, unless he was gonna change, right? What did he see? He saw some bad things in his future. Listen, when you've got Jesus, you can expect good and listen you have to expect good because because hope is what gives you power in the present hope for a future gives you power in this life right now because if i've got no hope for a future i'm walking around defeated i'm walking around kicking the can depressed because i've got no i've got no hope for a future but jesus has given you hope for a future I remember reading this story about a, a town that was about to be flooded. They came and told the people of the town, the Army Corps engineers or whoever was going to flood this town to create a lake. You've got, you've got the next two years to get out of your house. They purchased the homes or whatever, but you've got two years to get out. And those people still live there, most of them, for, for the whole two years, but they stopped taking care of the property, wouldn't you? They stopped taking care of the lawns, and the things looked crazy. They stopped taking care of the houses. Things were falling apart. Well, who cares? It's about to be flooded. And somebody made the observation about that town. They said, where there is no hope in a future, there is no power in the present. And isn't that so true with our lives? If I don't hope for a future, I've got no power here. But listen, Jesus didn't just come to give me a good, happy right now. He came to give me a future. Amen. Amen. Jesus, when he came to this earth, he gave us, he redeemed our past He gave us a present that makes sense, and he gave us hope for a future. Amen. That's who he is. 
That's what hope does. Hope gives us power. But listen, I love this verse. He says, may the God of peace, sorry, may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace. Listen, what's the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace. If you don't have hope, you can't have joy and peace. But God wants to fill you with hope today. And he doesn't want you just filled with hope. He wants you, how? Overflowing. And he says, by the power of the Holy Spirit. I love that because it's the power of the Spirit that's at work in me that's stirring up hope in me. The power of the Holy Spirit of God in me is building hope for a future. The, it's, listen, this is not natural thinking. This is not how the world, the world sees things. This is supernatural hope working in you. By the power of the Spirit of God, he's given you a hope and a future. You don't have to worry. I wonder, what, I wonder what's gonna happen. No, no, no. I don't have to worry about anything because the Holy Spirit of God has given me hope. He's given me a future. Listen, today, maybe you're facing some situation. You're facing some circumstance, and you say, I, I just don't know. I don't know that I have any hope. No, listen, let the Spirit of God bring hope to your life. Let, this, let the God of hope give you hope. Listen, he wants you to expect good from him. He wants you so full of hope that it's overflowing and it's spilling out because that's how the Holy Spirit does things. Everything the Spirit does comes, is supposed to come out of you. He doesn't want you just got enough hope to slide by for today. He wants you with so much hope that it's spilling out of you that rivers of living water are coming out and bringing hope to people. So you got to be full of hope. Stand up with me. Again, maybe you're facing something today. Whatever the situation might be, you're facing some situation and you say, I don't feel like I'm in a hopeful situation. I feel it feels a little hopeless today. Listen, for a lot of people, 2020 has been a hopeless year. And they don't, they're looking at their future and they're saying, I don't have much hope for the future. I've been hearing some people say, well, you gotta, you gotta expect this is gonna be the new norm and things are just gonna be this way. Maybe, maybe forever things have changed. Now, maybe some things have changed. Maybe some things needed to change. But listen, we don't face situations like the world faces them. We don't look at things like the world looks at them. We don't look at things and see hopelessness. We see hope because the God of hope has filled our hearts. The God of hope has sent Jesus, the Messiah, to redeem our past. The God of hope has sent Jesus to put us in the kingdom of God today. That's where you live today. There is no hopelessness in the kingdom of God of the increase of his government and his peace, there shall be no end. Hope is alive in you today. Stir it up. Bow your heads with me. Maybe you're watching this today online or you're in this room this morning and you say, I'm not in a, in a, a situation of hope. I'm hopeless because I don't have Jesus in my heart. Listen, without Jesus, everything I've said is not for you. You've got to have Jesus in your heart. 
Because if you don't have Jesus, you don't have a hope and a future. If, you've got, if you don't have Jesus, I wouldn't want to be in that situation. But listen, if you're watching today and you're feeling the Holy Spirit pulling your heart, you're feeling a pull in your heart and saying, I need to make my life right with God. I need to give my life to Jesus today. Don't you, don't you wait another day. Don't you wait another day. You make your life right with him right now. You just call out to him. You say, Jesus, right where you are. If you're in this room or watching, you just say, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me for my sins. Make me a new person. Redeem my past. Put me in the kingdom of God and give me a hope and a future. Lord, we thank you today for your salvation. We thank you today that you have redeemed us from the curse. You've redeemed us from the past. We don't, we don't look at our, our lives and get depressed of how we used to be because that person died and you've made everything new. You make all things new. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that we have a presence that makes sense in the kingdom of God. Lord, we thank you that we have a hope and a future today. Lord, I thank you that we're no longer in darkness, but you've placed us, you've transferred us into the kingdom of your son that you love. We're in the kingdom of God today. And so, Lord, as a representative of the kingdom of God, I declare that hope be shed abroad in our hearts. Lord, I thank you today that the God of hope is filling us with hope. If you've been looking at something, and maybe you've been looking at it for a long time, and you've been facing something, and it just seems so, so, so big, it's a mountain. What are you, great mountain, to the Lord? You'll, become as, you'll just, just become as nothing. Lord, we thank you today that you've given us hope. We thank you today that we have hope and a future in you. And Lord, we speak life. We speak hope. We speak the word of God today over every person's life. Lord, I thank you for filling them to overflow in the name of Jesus Lord, we thank you for what you've done for us. Somebody say amen.